0: What radio? The music you want. Know. With your host, Gee Dan. You're amazing. Got be after twenty years. RadioWhat.com. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast. What makes you famous? It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services. Where do I always send you? DJlittlerock.com. One more time. DJlittlerock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote. And maybe you could have me, me, at your next event. You know I like to party with the people. The people need to be entertained. Make your next thing a big one. (laughs) All right. uh, Oh, today on the program, I have Fernando Poma. And he is steady rolling. What does that mean? (laughs) Well, you're going to find out in the next few minutes. I'm going to find out, too. I'm excited. (laughs) Uh, This week's shows, I will be, well, uh, I will be at the Rab Friday night. My video dance party karaoke jam. Yeah, I said karaoke. You're the stars of the show. The stage is yours. That's my regular Friday night gig. 8 p.m. until 1 in the am. Full bar, kitchens open, pool tables. In fact, they have a pool tournament. On Friday night. So, if you want to try to make some money playing pool, I encourage you to do so at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. Put it on the tour, put it on the walking tour. Yeah, get to the Rab. (laughs) Come and play with us. All right. Without further ado, let's get into it with Fernando Poma. Uh, Steady rolling. What does that mean? We're going to find out. (laughs) I get to have him on Skype. So if you're listening to the audio version of this, I encourage you to check out the video version. Head over to my YouTube page. You can find it. Just say Keys Dan and look for the the Radio What logo. That's the easiest way to do it. YouTube.com forward slash user forward slash Keys Dan. Just look up Keys Dan. I know there's, there's there's several YouTube pages, but you'll find the one that has the Radio What logo. That's the one I'm using for the the uh podcasts that i've been doing all right enough about that let's talk to fernando poma skyping fernando poma now Fernando Poma. Is it Poma or Poma? A uh, Poma. Poma. Excellent. Fernando Poma of the Steady Rolling Band and many, many other things. I'm so excited to talk to you, man. I've been playing, we've been you planning too. this for a couple of months now, and I've been learning yeah. little bits and pieces about you, but I don't know a lot about you. If you okay. were writing your own Wikipedia page, and you may even have a Wikipedia page. If you were writing those top two paragraphs, uh, give, give yeah. the people an idea of what would be in those top two paragraphs. Who is a Fernando Poma?
1: <laughs> well, um, I always, you know, as a child grew up uh, listening to uh, classic rock. You know, the stuff my parents were listening to and always wanted to be, you know, a rocker and um, and play drums from seven on and then picked up guitar at 13 and then just continued playing through you know different bands through uh high school through college and eventually just um started writing my own music and met two guys a, a drummer called benjamin andrade and also a uh, a bass player called jerry pardo and we formed steady rolling and um we've been at it for the last uh, almost six years now um finishing our second album and just super super excited to, to, to be playing you know we're a, we're a trio um and we play music very you know try to be as authentic as possible very little in terms of effects and just try to get that rawness out into the audience and you know the rawness into the tapes also into the a uh, lot um recordings
0: well you have an international flavor and, and okay let me start with uh, what do you consider classic rock, the classic rock that you were growing up with? Uh, what were the, the bands that you were getting influenced from, yeah, from so, an early age? So
1: Like, uh, Led Zeppelin, you know, the St- Rolling Stones, Led Zeppelin, um, um, the who, you know, uh, the kinks, um, stuff like that, you know, um, you know, uh, Leonard Skinner, um, and then that's what I grew up, you know, the early years. And yes. then I moved to more stuff like in the, you know, in the eighties and nineties started listening to stuff that was a little stronger, like, you know, Van Halen and, and some of the bands that were popular there. Um, well, some alternative music then like Pearl Jam, et cetera. So those have been really the, the, the big influences, but mainly classic rock, you know, like, um, Led Zeppelin, for example.
0: Well, I mean, influence. but you, you started out as a drummer, Fernando Poma. Uh, who was the Who was the drumming influence,
1: or were you that kid in
0: in school? I think every boy in school takes their pencils and beats on their desk to the teacher's dismay. Was that something that you were doing?
1: I was doing that, and I was also drumming at home and just making the whole family crazy. My, you know, the drumming influences is uh, were mainly the police and Rush. The police and Rush were two of the big influences. Oh man, Neil Pert of Rush. Yeah.
0: Oh my goodness! If there's going to be an influence, do you have? Yeah. All right. What, what? Who bought you the drum set? And how big was that kit? And then how big did your <laughs> kit grow over the years? Tell the people about that.
1: It was uh it was a Tama drum set, and it had uh, yeah, it was pretty big. It had um, about four different toms. And then you know the snare drum and uh, about three or four cymbals, and uh, so it was a pretty big kit. And I had it crunched in my bedroom, and I would just play to the rush, you know, play to Rush that whole album, (sighs) Moving Pictures. Oh, you know, I did a lot of that, and and uh, uh, signals. Oh, subdivisions. And some police stuff too. You know, I really liked Stuart Copeland. Oh my gosh so those were really some of the influences you know i mean i just they, they were just amazing amazing drummers and and i mean very few drummers you know today really i i feel personally that compared to, to to those drummers you know back in the 80s and 90s you know
0: well you know what's funny fernando poma is you're talking about two different bands that are both three piece bands and here you are steady rolling in a three piece band the you know, uh, for a chair to stand, it needs three legs, and, and it seems like three pieces is the minimum for a rock band. Yeah, I guess you yeah. have the White Stripes. You know that that play with two. You know, two people. Uh, it's like what right. is it? A bass and a drums. And I know that there's a backbeat, and then there's a a rhythm, but you have to have more. Uh, you know so yeah yeah three three legs you need three legs
1: the three-piece band really forces you as a you know as a musician to play your best because you're not really being supported by anything you know when i for example uh do a guitar solo you know i don't have a rhythm guitar behind me or a keyboard i mean i'm just soloing over the bass so it so so it's somehow i have to fill that void you know and do something that doesn't leave all these empty spaces so it does sort of push you to play to your best ability that's what and and it's very authentic because i mean there's no hiding anything i mean if you mess up i mean people are going to hear it so it's it's a very sort of authentic way to transmit music i feel
0: well fernando poma you're doing two jobs you're playing the guitar the lead guitar you're doing your own rhythm and well maybe a third job you're singing you know so they have it. yeah doing the the lead the rhythm and singing—that's that's a lot of jobs. That's, that's, that's a lot of pressure right. on the front that's man, right. I guess. Uh, you know, but then that's you right. have uh, the bass and the drums really drive the music home. Uh, you know, I, I was talking yeah. to a bassist, and he was, "Well, I'm just a bassist." No, you're not. You are the rhythm. Right. You are—it's so important. You when you're dancing on a dance floor, when you have a crowd in front of you, that bass and that drum really drives it home now you have the guitar that's doing the singing you know that's doing the the the, you know that's getting the people you know give them giving the people an idea of what the song is but man uh, you have you have it with that with that three piece but you you have you know dan
1: sometimes you know when you're a three piece and i'm singing and i'm playing the rhythm while i'm singing i mean the bass is actually doing the lead so so we have a very melodic bassist. jerry is a very very melodic bassist, and because we're a trio he can't just play you know bass notes he really has to like do a lot of the melody on the bass and i think you know he has been influenced by you know people like getty lee from rush (sighs) that you know did a lot of that to really fill when alex Lifeson was having to play the chords you know so 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 in that way, you know, in our band, the bass player does a lot of the melodic stuff while I am strumming chords during my singing most of the time.
0: Oh, my goodness. And you've had six years to put it all together to get it going. And and now you're just, well, steady rolling uh, to keep the pun (laughs) going, you know. But all right. So where did the name steady rolling come from? I'm sure you get asked that question quite a bit.
1: Yeah, you know, the drummer came up with it. I mean, we we sort of each came up with a name and that was a name that got more votes than anybody else. And, and it's, we started out as a blues based band. Um, we've sort of diversified into more stuff recently, but we started out really uh, playing blues based rock music and steady rolling sort of gave us the image of that sort of slow moving train through you know the mississippi delta you know and 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 that those places where blues really originated from so it's the image of this of this steady train moving through these different states you know in the us where it where, where blues came from
0: yes now well yeah now i get it the steady rolling was a great name good job for the drummer and now I have to ask, what the runners-up was? What did the bass player come up with, and what did you come up with for the names? <laughs>
1: you, you know, I don't remember exactly what the what name I came up with, but it was a one-word thing, you know, like uh, requiem or remembrance, or I, I don't remember what the name was, but it was a one-word. Like I wanted a, just a one-word, but uh, and I don't remember what the bassist came, but steady rolling one, you know, the, the the drummer won that, and and I'm happy, you know, we're. A, we're a band that really just everybody is equal, you know, in the band, you know, and, 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 in this sense, you know, the drummer came up with a name that we kind of liked all of us. So he chose the name for the band.
0: Well, Fernando Poma, you're a, you have, you're a worldwide band. You, you, you really international. Uh, you have an international flavor. I know you're based out of, where are you based out of?
1: We're, we're based out of San Salvador, El Salvador.
0: That's fantastic. But where have you been all over this world? I know you're an educated man. I don't do a lot of, of research, uh, but I've, I've had no choice with Jennifer Peary uh, sending out all the, the different links to the different that I had to click on many of the links and find out more because, I you know, how, how could I not? She's a great promoter. I don't even know what how she's related to you, but she's wonderful. Uh, you know, putting putting you out there. But, she is wonderful. But she um, is wonderful. you know, um, you've been all over this world. Tell me about the travels that that steady rolling, or even Fernando Poma before steady steady rolling came about.
1: Well, I you know I wanted to be a, a rocker when I was little, but uh, but life took me in a different direction. Dan and and I started studying, and eventually went to the hotel management. I went to uh, Cornell University, you know, in New York and uh, did hotel management there. And then I worked in Paris for a while in hotels. I worked in France for a while in hotels and then got an, a master's degree um, and and master's degree in business from Wharton, you know, the University of Pennsylvania. And, uh, and then I came back and started working, uh, running a hotel chain. And eventually, you know, I had this awakening and I said, you know, I don't want to, live with all this remorse that i didn't do what i was really passionate about you know so i didn't leave my job but i started picking up an old guitar i changed the strings and i saw that my fingers still kind of could move and uh, i started practicing and practicing and eventually found two other people that had the same vision and we had just we just clicked you know in terms of chemistry and uh, that's how steady rolling came it, it it was part of a childhood dream Um, when I decided, you know, I didn't want to, you know, if, if I live to 70 or 80 years old, I don't want to look back and say, Oh, it's too bad. I didn't act upon my dreams. So it was a, just a, a very conscious decision to really go after my dreams without leaving my everyday job. So I just, that's what I did. You know, I picked up an old guitar, a Fender Strat. I changed you know, the the strings and I started practicing again, because I've been playing guitar all my life. And then I found just two people I really clicked with. And, um, and uh, that's it. You know, what, you know, when you're like 18, you you, you typically look into the future and you say, I'm going to do this so that I can have a better future when you're 20 or 25, you keep doing that. But once you hit a certain age, it's like now or never. You know, now or never, and I hit that age, and I was like, you know, if this is a dream and I want to do it, I want to do it, and I want to do it now. So that's how Steady Rolling really started, part of a, you know, unfulfilled childhood dream.
0: Well, it sounds like you're making a good living doing the hospitality business, and it's affording you to go back and to uh, re-explore uh, your passions, your, what you love. And, and, and you know, that's do you right. ever get behind the, the Tamas anymore, or, or, do you, or is it strictly guitar from here on in?
1: and now it's strictly guitar, you know, all my effort and everything is guitar, but and, and mainly songwriting, you know, I'm I'm really into songwriting. And uh, um, I've actually written 18 of the songs for Steady Rolling. And I'm just, you know, very, very into writing good stuff. You know, when when I was growing up playing guitar, you know, I was into, you know, playing as fast as I could and shredding and doing all that. But now that's like behind, you know, it's not something I really focus on. I focus on you know, making each note count and the phrasing. You know what 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 is the phrasing like in the guitar, and what is the phrasing like in the actual songwriting? You know, how can I write a, a good song, a song that will move a person's emotions? And I'm really focused on that, on songwriting and trying to really connect with people through the heart. Amazing.
0: I'm someone that has four, uh, now four guitars in this house. I just got a guitar <laughs> from my grandmother uh, that uh, she has had. Since I think she got it in Spain back in the fifties and Uh you know, I had it restrung at the local uh, music shop and I cannot Mm -hmm. play more than two or three chords. Uh, This is, (laughs) this is something that's so amazing to me. It's not like I couldn't play. If I put my mind to it, if I put the effort into it, I never had that, that, well, I do have the desire, but I, I never put the time into it. And I get so jealous of people that can do it. And you, you, You have the, you have, it sounds like you have the mentality to where, yeah, when you were a kid, you wanted to go as fast as you can, like Metallica, like, like Eddie Van Halen, who just passed away. Like, uh, you know, like, you know, even Geddy Lee, you know, put, put the fingers to it. But then you, you realize that slower and steadier, steady rolling. Ah, okay. Steady, you know, is much better and and you're getting I, the words out there as well but go ahead
1: yeah i listen to like eric clapton play you know and and the stuff he did in the 90s and, and and you know and from 2000 to 2010 and it just blows my mind you know and he's not necessarily a fast player but just you know the vibrato you know and how he plays each note and how he masters the fretboard and just the phrasing and how the solos guitar solos really make you feel sometimes it's just one bend I mean, one bend and bending that same note uh, can give you goosebumps. And that's really what I'm looking for right now. You know, I'm looking for stuff that really moves me and moves my emotions and 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 to do stuff that adds to the music more than just doing stuff that shows off, you know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, so I'm just really focusing on writing stuff that that connects with people and, and that connects with me and, and, and that really moves me and and and. and, and hopefully moves
0: others also. Well, Eric Clapton is considered one of the greatest guitar players, you know, of, of all time, but yeah. there's a, a well-known story. And I'm not sure if you've heard it when he met Jimi Hendrix and he was playing, you know, a, in a show with him and he's watching Jimi Hendrix play. And he says, he says to uh, another musician, I can't remember who it was. He said, what are we doing here? Well, look at this guy. What are we doing here? Yeah. That guy was magic. On, uh, with a yeah. fender uh, you know the same kind of guitar that you play except his was yeah. was uh, strung upside down because he was left-handed you know but uh, yeah uh, you know he was doing amazing things with the guitar but there's only yeah there's only one there's only one jimmy hendrix yeah. uh, you know who else can play like that who who, yeah. who else plays fast that you want to emulate or or is so proficient that you want to emulate you want to be just like them or, or you know is there anyone like that
1: yeah Um. well Clapton Clapton would be my number one choice I think I mean if, if there's anybody that I would you know that I would love to play with it would be it, it would be him like if or me it would be him you know it, it, we, but I used to love Van Halen you know oh. I, I used to love Eddie Van Halen also and he was just a, a genius <laughs> at what he did and he revolutionized the way you know rock music was played Jimmy Page is another one just uh, just a genius at composing music and especially playing the acoustic guitar he did a lot of really great acoustic stuff so so i don't know There, uh, all of these guys are my heroes you know there's some really good guitar players nowadays too you know um i was listening to the marcus king band i thought they were just amazing um
0: tell me about the John marcus Mayer- king band i, I think you pretty- might have you might have just stumped the dj who who is the Marcus King Band?
1: Marcus King Band, uh, they have a great song called uh, Goodbye Carolina. I mean, just incredible, incredible uh, blues player. And he's really young. He's in his early 20s, I believe, and just amazing. I will there's have people to check like it Kev out. Mo. Kev Moe is just an amazing blues guitarist. Kev Moe has this song, Am I Wrong? It's a slide guitar. It's just, I mean, just amazing. Oh, yeah. All these guys, you know. John Mayer is also a really good I mean, John you know, Mayer. Better, he, so. he
0: showed up on the Chappelle show and he started playing. Uh, you know, just like goofing with him. John Mayer can <laughs> play guitar. You, yeah. You think, oh, this kid. Wow. You know, and I'm I'm watching him play, and I'm whoa, oh, incredible. And there was another kid. Amazing. There was a little blonde kid. I can't remember. He played, he sang the red light. Oh my gosh, yeah. what was yeah. that? The red light. Oh, if I can look it up. Oh, well, I, I can't remember exactly who it was, but there's so many uh, great g- blues guitars. And I know you can get some uh, some great riffs off of, off of them as well. But you, you were doing covers when you were a kid. When did you start? Yeah. Are, are you strictly playing your original songs now or, or are you still doing covers in the band?
1: You know, sometimes if we play a live show, I mean, we were playing pre-COVID. We were playing, you know, two or three times a month live shows um when we do live shows we put in a couple of covers in there you know maybe out of say 20 songs maybe five will be covers
0: yeah that kind of gets the the crowd interested you know if in case they they really don't know who you are or somebody dragged them to the show Uh, i don't want to go to that show oh but they're good they're good i tell you they are you know and then what are you what are you covering in addition to your original songs
1: yeah so we do stuff that gets people moving you know like uh you know we did uh do you feel like we do by peter frampton you know um we did uh should i stay or should i go by the Clash? now when you Um,
0: do do you feel like we do do you have that uh mouth uh that blow thing that he has, that he invented? No, I know. And I just
1: solo <laughs> over that, you know, I just, but, but it's an amazing, I saw Peter Frampton, uh, last year at the Crossroads Guitar Festival, oh. the Eric Clapton Crossroads Guitar Festival, and he played that song and it was just amazing. I mean, he can still play so, so well, but that's a great song. I mean, Peter Frampton is, and that's a song people love and people, you know, people know it. And so, so the covers, we try to do some of the stuff that people, no, you know, sometimes we do a Beatles cover, you know, like oh, we can yeah. work it out or something like that or, or you know, or something. Or, so, so, yeah, we try to do covers that people will, will typically know.
0: Oh, fantastic, man. But it sounds like a steady rolling show is going to be a good show. Uh, you know, and, and yes, you said pre-COVID. Uh, yes, everything is pre-COVID now. I, th- I think <laughs> we're actually going to have a, a PC as, uh, you know, like either hey, there's BC, there's AD. And there's PC and AC, <laughs> you know, after, after COVID, oh my goodness, yeah. AC is going to come around, but ah, this is crazy, crazy times that we're living in now, but you got, yeah, you man, are. you got out of high school, you went into college. Did, did anybody push you to go to hospitality? Uh, you know, oh, this, this, uh, guitar thing, this drum thing is okay, but you need to have backup plan. Who was it that was? pushing you there was that something that you came up on your own
1: no you know in the u.s it's it's because at 18 when you go to college you kind of have to know what you want to do with the rest of your life i mean it's kind of a tough decision you know when you're 18 to know what you want to do so i knew that i wanted to do something business oriented but business oriented that had to do with people so hotels you know, automatically came to mind because it was a business, but it was related to people. And, and I really love relating to people. And it was just something that gave me an opportunity to do something where I could earn some money, but also relate to people. But I never left the guitar thing. I just wanted to make sure that I had some sort of a steady income, you know, at some point. So that's what I ended up doing, you know, and and, and sort of put off the guitar thing and, and c- continued playing, but less until again until i decided you know it's now or never and that's when i really you know went into it you know with a lot of
0: passion no man you you, you did the right thing there's a lot of people that are starving artists and you made sure that you did not have that you had a, a good steady income to keep you going i i myself have a, a an insurance job that affords me <laughs> the ability to do you yeah. know, the other things that I want to do, you know, the podcast, exactly. the, the DJ exactly. stuff. You, and, you can know.
1: do more than one thing at the same time. You know, I mean, there's no rule that you can only do one thing. Well, we're, we're, are you from
0: San Salvador? Are you born and raised in San Salvador?
1: I, I was born. Uh, we left when I was around six, but I was born there. And currently I'm living between El Salvador and Costa Rica. So I commute between both countries. Okay.
0: Okay. But El Salvador. Okay. So El Salvador. And you left when you were six. Where did you Where did you end up after that? Did you go straight to New York, or did you go to Costa Rica? No,
1: no, we went to Miami for a couple of years. I'm and from then Miami. We missed Latin America, so we went to uh, Guatemala, and then we went to Washington D.C., and then moved back to Guatemala, and then I went to high school in uh, the U.S.
0: Well, where did you go to high school? So I, from to I'm from Miami. Washington. Where? where, where uh, when were you in Miami?
1: I was in Miami from uh, '77 to about '79. Oh man, I was oh
0: my goodness, I was a, uh, I was seven, eight, nine, I guess uh, ten years old, uh, and eight yeah. to ten years old back then. I was born yeah. in '69, so yeah, yeah. Uh, class of '86. So I'm
1: '71, so we're almost the same age. So I'm '71, so so yeah, that's what. Yeah, so I I was uh I was living in Miami, yeah, with my parents.
0: Oh, after man. we left Osceola. Yeah, I guess back yeah, then. Yeah, was at the time. And my mom
1: lives there still. My mom lives in Miami still.
0: '79, I was in Carroll City. Yeah, that uh-huh. was that was where I was living back then uh, close to Opalaka. Uh-huh. and my grandma was in Hialeah so yeah okay. that's, but yeah. I, I mean you you being a little kid you I don't know if you you'd, you'd have a lot of memories from there but man Miami Miami was fun growing up there. But uh, you Come went for, up, your, okay. So you went from Miami to where?
1: We went to Miami to back to Guatemala, Guatemala. which is very close to El Salvador, and because uh, we miss Latin America, so we went to Guatemala. But then Guatemala, they, they had this war going on, so we left Guatemala and went to live in Washington D.C. And okay. So we lived in Washington D.C. for two years, <coughs> and then we um, went back to Guatemala after and then the I war. Went to high school in the U.S. in uh, in Massachusetts. What how did you get Okay. okay?
0: from from dc to guatemala and then back to massachusetts and that's where you spent high school and i'm, guess, yeah. I'm guessing let's see if you were born in 71 maybe class of 88 or 89 90 i went 90. to
1: uh i went to high i graduated in 90 i had to like go back a year but yeah. i graduated in
0: the 90s oh yeah that i mean we ate a lot of the same dirt with the uh, music wise anyway that's yeah. yeah now i know where your influences came from you grew uh-huh. up in it man it you know, the, the child of the of the 80s really were your your formative years The what what based uh, what you what you were listening to. Oh, fantastic. Right. OK. So then you went to Massachusetts, but you went to school in New York uh, with, at Cornell. Uh, yeah. So uh, did, what else? We, what else are you doing with the hospitality? Because I, I know. OK, I, I, I snuck over to your to your Twitter uh, which is Fernando, uh, Fernando Poma strictly, you know, at Fernando Poma. And then it says, uh, fun, fun dot org. What is that all about, man? Tell me about
1: it. Yeah. So, so I do, uh, I participate in some social work, you know, I, I do some social work apart from hospitality and and business and music. I do some, um, I help people in El Salvador, particularly abandoned children. So we, so what we do is we actually train children that live in orphanages to, you know, to work. And then once they finish the training, we actually guarantee them a job. So what we're trying to do is give all these uh, children that have been, you know, that have been abandoned by their parents or don't have parents and live in these, you know, homes, um we we try to give them a change of life to transform their lives by training them in an area that they like um and then offering them a job so we've done that with about uh 300 children already and that's something i participate in you know to try to get a lot of these children to have an opportunity and not have to be have to face sort of the street and you know how to live and how to eat in the street after they get older Fernando so I, you know, and then and then we have these other foundations yeah. that you know we have a, a university um that has um different uh, career paths um business legal and engineering and we um what's unique about it is that we um basically accept people based on their ability and once we accept them we see how we can actually help them pay for their own education i mean we either give them scholarships or financing and about three quarters of the students have either scholarships or financing and that's something that i participate in also and then we have health you know we do a lot of work in health organizations um to try to help you know um impoverished areas in el salvador with with you know food and medicines um, so, I do a lot of social work also, yeah. apart from business and music.
0: Well, a lot of people say they want to help people, but you're actually doing it. Fernando Foma, I commend you. You're, you're an angel, bro. <laughs> you know, I appreciate Thank that. You. And, 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 and when you. did you get in, involved in this philanthropy? Uh, how how did that
1: happen? Well, well, you know, I got involved about twenty years ago, and uh, I wanted to do, you know, I wanted to help the people that are suffering the most, and 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 I felt that the people that are suffering the most are people that have not only economic problems, but also, you know, emotional issues. You know, I mean, how hard must it be for somebody to get abandoned as a child by because a lot of these children have parents, but parents that maybe don't want them, or you know, or or, or abuse them them and so i really wanted to go in and help these people that were really suffering so that's what i decided you know how how can we transform their lives and the way to transform their lives was to give them a window of opportunity for them to be self-sufficient and for them to work and for them to earn their own living and for them to not depend on others for their livelihood and that's really what we're doing and uh, and it, it opens your heart dan you know it, it opens your heart i mean it. it I mean, part of, part of it is for other people. And part of it is for myself in the end, in the end, you know, I feel much better as a person, you know, and I feel more loving as a person. If I'm really able to help other people.
0: That's what I feel like on a small scale, whenever I do these interviews and talk to people and let them open up and tell their stories and, and promote themselves. And, but man, you are not just talking the talk. You are walking the walk. It's, I can tell, all right, you, you started in the hospitality business, but you your idea was that you wanted to, to work with people uh, and helping people and making people feel comfortable. Is this something you were doing when you were a kid? Have you always been you know the, the a kid who's always trying to help other people? Uh, you know, the, so you see somebody bully getting bullied, or yeah, know, is this something?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I, I mean, I I feel, yeah, I've always had, I think that sensitivity to always sort of go for the underdog and help the underdog. And yeah, I've always had the sensitivity. I can't say that I was really helping anyone until the last 20 years. I mean, to be honest, I mean, I really went into that over the last 20 years. But I did have the sensitivity to want to really give back and to help people, especially people that were suffering or that people that were getting, as you say, bullied or people that had, you know, low self-esteem or, you know, really giving people a pat on the back, kind of like what you're doing with me right now, you know, really, I mean, you took the time to go in and research and go into the Twitter and go in. I mean, that's very unusual. So, you know, you're, you're doing it also. I mean, uh, you know, you're doing it also.
0: Oh, really? I I don't research. I usually go into these cold because I want the conversations to be fresh. (laughs) I want to learn from the horse's mouth. But, uh, you know, I tell you, I've admitted it on this podcast before. You know, when I was younger, I was looking to to make myself, uh, you know, a career. I wanted to go into radio. I wanted to be a a mobile DJ. I wanted to go into firefighting for a while. You know, but uh, I never really felt like I helped as many people as I could have. I never stepped on anybody. I never hurt anybody. But Mm -hmm. I remember I I didn't help as many. But now that you know, there was a certain time that you know, once I got past a certain age. I, and I started to learn things. I said, well, you know what? I need to, I need to pick up some people along the way as I'm yeah. heading up this ladder. Let me, don't look down on people unless you're looking down to help them up. You know, I, right. I, I, I find this now, it's, I feel like I, I want to help people, but I'm not, I'm not 20 years into, uh, a you know, philanthropy helping out 300 kids. Oh my goodness. How do you get started in something like that? Uh, you know what? How, how, how did the, the fund to Poma begin?
1: You know, it was just a thought and then a thought and then just, at, you know, I, I had this thought of wanting to help people that were suffering the most. And I felt that these kids, you know, they had emotional issues and economic issues. And then from there, I just started researching with people that were working with me in, in business, researching what can we do to help these people out the best way Without having to invest a huge amount in something that could not be feasible. You know, how can we start small, but step by step? And that's how we started. You know, the first year we helped 17 kids. And then the second year we helped 31 kids. And that's how we started initially training them in some of our own businesses. And what we would do, Dan, is so we would get these children that were 18, I mean, they were a legal age. And what we would do is rotate them in our different parts of the business. Okay. And they would choose which area they liked the best. So we would never train kids in an area that they didn't like. We would actually allow them to choose. So some kids would say, I want to be a chef. Some people said, you know, I want to work in reception. Some people said, I want to work in marketing or I want to work in rooms, you know, and once they chose the area they like, we would train them. And then the, the, the nicest thing is that we would guarantee them a job. So, so we wouldn't train them just to get a job. We would train them. And then if they finish, we would guarantee them a job. Um, so we started with our own businesses trying to make space for them. And, 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 and that was a very low risk strategy in the sense that you know, it, it didn't require a huge investment. It just required us picking up these children from their homes, bringing them, training them. And then if they finish, guaranteeing them a job. And little by little, we started expanding the program. And now each year we're doing more than 100 children each year.
0: I'm starting to get it now. You you brought them into the, the hotel business and and yeah. you, you, you kind of made them, uh, gave them an internship to see what they were yeah. interested in. And that's fantastic yeah. how you build, how you put the, your day job and made it even more, yeah. uh, you know, helping, uh, helping kids out. That's fantastic, man. And there's so much yeah. to and do. And it didn't
1: require investment. You no. know, it's just, you look guys, what, what area of the business do you guys like? Uh, what are you passionate yeah. about? Because it's so much easier if you can get to their passion. And once they choose, we had a training program in one of these 20 different areas and then we trained them. And then we, if they finished their, their internship, as you say, we would hire them. That's amazing. See that.
0: uh, That's how you, you, you come up with an idea. How can I implement it? Well, I'm working in the hotel business. I have many, many different jobs, different avenues that people can explore. And you got these kids that are just hungry, you know, and, and, and wanting, have a desire to do something. I mean, you're a, that's fantastic see that's that's what you need to be doing and, and and that's what you are doing and on top of that
1: you're a rock star you know any
0: of those 300 kids uh want to become rock stars
1: um they love music you know and they have their own little band and some of them play instruments and uh you know it's a beautiful feeling because when i go and see them maybe once every couple of months that i you know they receive me and And they, you know, they, 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 they write these letters and they make little drawings and, you know, and they play their music. They, they're so grateful, you know, they're so incredibly grateful because a window of opportunity opened up for them that they would otherwise never have, you know. And, but, but it's so, so, so nice to see how, you know, how thankful they are that they're having a different opportunity in life than what they thought they were going to have.
0: Oh, I could see this. Okay. Uh, let me put this in your ear. Fondacion Poma presents Poma Fest. <laughs>
1: and yeah. then
0: you'll, you'll have a festival right there in, in El Salvador. Uh, yeah. People from miles around will come to see it. Uh, I can it see it. And all these kids opening up for Steady Rolling. Because you know Steady Rolling is going to be the big band. And you know, I, I don't think there's any band bigger
1: than that and that's hopefully, that, hopefully. That's what, you know what the other thing we're doing then now that you mention it is please. we are creating these music festivals you are <laughs> we are we are creating music festivals and the idea is that local bands from el salvador have a outlet to be able to show their music to different audiences so so what we do is we have done about six of them already and we choose different bands from El Salvador that have their own original music and we pay the band and um and the band comes and plays at this music festival with that we set up and the band actually presents their music to a large audience of you know 700-800 <laughs> people oh, wow. and uh, it's 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 an audience that they would otherwise not get to if it wasn't because of this music festival. And also the media coverage the music festival gets also allows these bands to get some of their own coverage. So what we're trying to do is help local bands with original music, music that they write, come and really show their music to different audiences, you know, through the media and also through these live concerts.
0: I was kind of making a joke and here you are, you're actually making this festival. You start locally and, and you you act globally, man. But that's how you do it. You take care of the people in your own front yard and your own backyard. And if everybody swept their own front porch, the whole world would be clean. And that's what right, you're yeah. doing. You're helping every and people. What's the name of the festival and how often does that it's, happen?
1: It's called the Inter Sky Lounge, and uh, what it's called the Inter because we do it at the, at the on the roof of the Intercontinental in San Salvador. We do we actually. We, we do a concert at the roof of that hotel and that's why it's called the Inter Sky Lounge and it's an open air concert, you know, under the stars <laughs> on the roof of this hotel and they have a huge stage and 800 people rocking on the roof of a hotel, you know, and it's, and it's amazing and, and all these bands are just jamming and playing their music to a large audience. You know, and and just it's it's just so much fun. You know, to to help. And every concert we do, we 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 um choose different bands so that everybody eventually will get a chance to play.
0: Man, when I think of South America, and I think of the music, and I think of the feeling. You know, El Salvador and and other places. You know, in South America, you know, Brazil and Guatemala, they all have their flavors of music, and that's what I, I expect whenever you want to go on on vacation or tour. Uh, you want to mm-hmm. go and you want to experience the flavor uh, what what better way than to go to this inter uh, sky, uh, sky lounge Sky lounge festival how often does that happen uh, you know and well, it's that open air
1: about every month it's like once a month during dry season because it's in open air right it, it can't rain so we yeah. do one in November December January February March and then until next November December so we've had about six of them.
0: Yeah, now I have to remember that that is the summertime in South America. That's right. That is the dry season. That is the dry season. So, I mean, all right, for those of you listening here in the the northern hemisphere, uh, if you want to do your vacationing, head over to Sa- El Salvador, man, and, yep. and and stay at the Intercontinental there. This bo- <laughs> this podcast sponsored by the Intercontinental <laughs> in El Salvador. I'm guessing that's exactly. the hotel chain that you've been working for. Yeah. Oh man, how how long? And you've been doing that twenty years, or or
1: longer? Twenty years, twenty years. And I did, uh, I did five years in France for another company, but 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 so I've been doing that for twenty five years already.
0: Well, what's the difference? Okay, in France, uh, you know, as opposed to El Salvador and France, and I'm guessing you did some training in in America and in in New York. Uh, So, Mm -hmm. what are the different styles of, of hospitality? in the different areas, do you feel like one's better than the other?
1: Well, you know, in Latin America, you have more service, you know, you have more service because you have just more people, you know, and, and, and so it's a, it's, it's a different in Europe, you know, just because of labor costs being much, much, much higher. I mean, there is, there is a tendency of having, you know, more limited service unless you stay at an extremely expensive hotel. So I guess it's just a little bit more service, you know, more service in Latin American countries. Oh, my goodness. But, I, I, but the brands, you know, the brands are a global brands, you know, and the brands, you know, whether it's intercontinental or Marriott, they're global brands, and they have to maintain their brand standards independently of where they are. I mean, so so an intercontinental in Latin America needs to maintain the same brand standards as an intercontinental anywhere else in the world.
0: Well, um, I, you know, for those that are listening to, to the audio only version of this, I encourage you to check out the video version on the YouTube uh, Keys Dan YouTube. I, I'm getting a little image, uh, a little glimpse of. Is that where you live? Because it looks there's so much uh, a tapestry and and uh, it looks like you're living in a museum and an artwork. It's beautiful. The the, the architecture. You no, know,
1: you know you know what happened. You know what happened. It's it's interesting. Uh, what happened? And uh, I think it's fate that um, I was in a meditation retreat with my girlfriend and uh, in Mexico, and then the COVID thing came, and it was so fast that they closed the El Salvador airport. And so we came to Costa Rica, and we've been traveling through Costa Rica the last seven months. And uh, I am in a beach place in Costa Rica right now, Um, A place called Puerto Viejo in Costa Rica, and we've been traveling every week to a different place and just working on the computer, writing music and just traveling and traveling. And uh, until I think next month, I'll head back to El Salvador, but the airports have been closed. So it's been uh, it's been rough, but it's been a blessing, you know, because when else? Am I going to have seven months to travel, you know, a beautiful country like Costa Rica and go from place to place, working on the computer and, uh, and writing music?
0: Yeah, you're hanging in the old port, Puerto Viejo, you know, right there in, in Costa Rica on the beach. Yeah. My man, you, on the beach. you're living yeah. the life. And, and But unfortunately, <laughs> your boys are back in El Salvador. You haven't been able to do any practicing for the last seven months or so.
1: No, but but you know I've, we've written six songs. I mean, so it, it, it has given us time to write more music.
0: But okay, so between the three of you, you're all writing. You said it in the beginning of this podcast that you're all equal members. You're all writing music. You're all contributing to that uh, p- portion of the of the uh, of the, pro- the project. My
1: my buddies started recently writing music. I, I, I did actually the writing for the first album yeah. and I think half of the second album. But they have recently started doing it and their music is fabulous. So so I think now more than ever, we're just totally equal partners because they're writing music and their music is just phenomenal.
0: This uh, this COVID thing, as bad as it is, it's made creators want to create. Uh, yeah. I've, I've seen more podcasts open up. I've seen more Zoom videos. I've seen more, yeah, more TikToks. Uh, all you know, people are just getting out there and, and finding their muse. Uh, where do you find your muse what what inspired you to write the first song you know what was it that you wrote about
1: you know it's a it's a it's a crazy interesting process um because i never know what i'm going to write about what what ends up happening is i hear a melody in my head like i could be in the shower or in the bathroom or you know walking on the beach or and i hear a melody in my head that i really like and what i'll t- tend to do is i'll tend to sing the melody on my iPhone and and once I have the melody there I'll get the guitar and I'll you know transcribe the melody from the singing to the guitar and once I have that in the guitar um, from that melody in the guitar will come another portion on the guitar and then another portion and once I have the, the actual melody the entire song on the guitar then I'll start thinking about phrases just what phrase would go with this part? And, so, and the phrase just comes, you know, it just, it's like a download and sometimes, and then from that phrase, another phrase, and then from that phrase, another phrase. And sometimes then, you know, I finish a song and don't really know what it's about until like three weeks later, Please. because it's sort of a, like a download, you know, it's like I hear the melody in my head and then I sing it and then I get it on the guitar and then I start thinking about phrases and then all of a sudden this phrase goes with this melody and then I'll have a song. And uh, sometimes I'll be like, wow, this is a weird song. And three weeks later, I'm just like, boom. You know, this is so incredible that uh, that this song was it it comes from somewhere deep. You know, that's how I can describe it. And sometimes it's just not so clear what it's about until weeks later.
0: Well, Fernando Poma, any formal training in music or was this all self-taught? Uh, on the drums no. and on and then on the guitar.
1: No, I, I actually took some lessons when I was in high school. I took some lessons in high school. I took a bit of lessons in college. Um, reading music. I played classical guitar for a while and I was reading music and stuff. But um, but but I left that eventually and I just went more and more into like the feeling, you know. And and more as as that time has gone, I focused more and more on the feeling, you know. What is the feeling that I want to create and what is the feeling that I want to transmit to others
0: but you're able to write the music down for the other fellas that and they and, um, uh, and are they I able do, to
1: what i do is i i bring it on the guitar and sing it and then the bass player puts the bass part and the drummer puts it, his part so that's that's the way it works so we'll just like go into like a you know a studio or something and i'll say look i have a new song and then i'll start playing it and then the bass player will start playing on top of it and then the the drummer and little by little they start like molding their parts and from that comes a song, and then we, re- we record recorded.
0: Okay. Well, are you recording in your own studios, or do you have uh, somebody that you record with, uh, another producer that's uh, lending a discerning ear that, that, that's helping you to shape the song?
1: We've never worked with a producer, but we are um, recording uh, uh, currently. And, and here in Costa Rica, I've recorded with Conquista Records um, some songs and, uh, and my friends are recording in El Salvador. And what we do is just the, you know, the engineers, you know, get in touch and they, uh, and they send the music and then they put it together and mix it, you know, and, and then we send it to the U S for mastering. That's and that's a- what, that's what we've done, you know, over the last months. Oh, it's we amazing just, I mean, what the internet could yeah, do. We just work independently, you know, and then the two engineers, you know, they talk and they send the files and. And then the song comes out mixed, you know. And then we master it in the U.S.
0: No, I've heard of so many musicians. I've had some on this podcast where you know the the guitarist is in Australia, the the drummers in Iran, the ger- the bassist in Germany. They've never met each other. Uh, they record their own yeah. parts. They put it all together, and you got a band. And maybe one day yeah. they'll meet, and, th- and then they'll tour. You know. But uh, <laughs> oh my goodness, uh, it, is there any end in sight? I mean, I kind of. I, I want you to stay in in Costa Rica because it sounds like you're living the dream sitting there on the beach. You're making me homesick for Miami and the Florida yeah. Keys because you know I'm yeah. I'm half Cuban myself. So I you know yeah. I, I, we yeah. could have done half of this in Spanish. Necesito practicar mi español porque creo 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 que estoy perdiendo mi español. I'm really I'm losing my Spanish because I don't get to speak to, to a lot of people here in town. Yeah. I have Mexican restaurants that I get to to frequent from time to time, but Ah, yeah. I'm losing my Spanish. I think I'm losing it. <laughs> but uh, you, man, you speak English very well because you, you're you're international, man. You're you're much better than I am, man. You're much better than I am.
1: Thanks, man. <laughs> no. Yeah, you just need to practice a little bit more. <laughs>
0: For sure, man. I used to work on a bilingual radio station in Miami, uh, and it uh-huh. was, a, and then they, I spoke Spanish poorly, but enough to do bilingual. Uh, yeah. To where, but the, they still call me El Gringo in the mañana. You know, so, uh, <laughs> uh, Enseñando tu español, El Gringo Way. You know, teaching you Spanish, the Gringo yeah. Way, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. Gringo. yeah. Oh, yeah. but it was so yeah. funny.
0: It was fun, man. Yeah. But I I do. Yeah. I, I miss South Florida uh, quite a bit because do you of go. You
1: go know sometimes? South-
0: my grandma and my mother are still in the Florida Keys. and They say, come okay. home, son, come home. But I'm so busy yeah. here in Arkansas yeah. and I've got myself. You know, in such a way to where I'm working round the clock almost, yeah. and, and I'm taking care of a family, which is great. Absolutely. you know, I'm happy yeah. to have that. I see you have love in your life. You have the the girlfriend that's uh that's helping you, keeping you uh, balanced. Uh, you know how yeah. how is that that situation where you know what does she she do to? Because I know when I get home from DJing a show, my head is this big, man. All the people yeah. have told me. Oh, we love you. You did so good. We You, you kept the, the dance floor full the whole night and everybody was so happy. And then I come home and, hey, could you take out the garbage? Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: <Yeah. laughs> Typical.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, it's what keeps you balanced. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing, man.
1: Absolutely. It keeps you grounded. Oh, totally. For,
0: for sure. Totally.
1: Yeah, but we all need love in our lives, you know? So, And she's great. Her name is Annie. She's great. And we've been stranded together for the last eight months. And, um, it's been a good time. It's really been a good time. You know, I mean, the COVID thing has been really rough on business, but it's given us a time to meditate, to think about life, to think about what you want to do, you know, to just, uh, write music, to just read books. It's, it's, it's given us a pause that we would have otherwise not have. So there is always a blessing, you know, in, in all these difficult situations.
0: Yep, and it sounds like you're building a good relationship there. (laughs) I appreciate that. Well, uh, Fernando Palma, any other avenues you want to explore as we round this out? Any shout outs you want to give?
1: You know, just really, hopefully that, you know, people that are listening can check out her music. You know, it would be I I feel so grateful if people could check out her music. You know, it's uh, steady rolling with an N without the G steady rolling. And uh, we're, you know, in, in all the you know, media sites, uh, you know, Spotify, iTunes, everything. I mean, we'd be so grateful that people could just listen to the music and you and say you I'm have those so grateful to you, Dan, really for this, uh, opening and, uh, for your interest and a wonderful, wonderful, uh, interview.
0: Well, th- uh, thanks to Jennifer. <laughs> you know, she, she's the one that puts us together, but, uh, yeah. uh, steady rolling with the end, you know, that's very, uh, Southern blues. I like that, but, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, um, Oh, you have all, do you have all 18 of those songs out there uh, for available we have, for purchase? You
1: know, they're, they're ready. Uh, we have about 18 songs ready uh, right now. Uh, people can find our first album, which is called love and loss, love and loss, and that they can find about four other singles that are there. So that's what they can find in Spotify, iTunes. Uh, We also have some videos, some video, uh, some videos in YouTube. Um, And, uh, you know, we've we've been actually very, very lucky then. I mean, very, very lucky because, you know, when I started this, I thought maybe 10 people were going to listen to our songs, you know, and uh, and uh, and for some reason over the last two years, something has happened and more and more people are listening and we're just very, very fortunate. I, I I don't really know why, but 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 just feeling very grateful to everyone for really the support they've given us.
0: That's the problem. You do a good job, and they keep calling you. You know, and then you, <laughs> on top of it, being a Superman. Okay, I I know if you're watching the video, you see I have Superman behind me. You are a Superman. <laughs> you're 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 doing the the job. You're not only you know supporting yourself and 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 supporting your family, uh, you know, but you're also Helping other people, and that's what we need to be doing. If we have the means, once you take care of yourself, try to take care of somebody else. And I know yeah. that that your your organization can't be just you. There, there has to be mm-hmm. other people involved as well, right? Helping these three hundred right. kids, and those those kids have have grown up, and and, and now yeah. you know they're they're all the better, you know, because of you. Oh, you know, it has got to make you feel good. You have to go to it go does. to bed thinking, you know, what I had a good day, you know. And you go to bed and you, and you dream good. I, I hope you do. Yeah. I hope you do, man. Do you find yeah. Do you find yourself that, did you feel like you have a good life? Do you feel like you're doing? It,
1: yeah, I, I feel that it's important for, you know, it's important for us to be able to, I mean, we're not, per, I mean, nobody's perfect and we make mistakes. I'm, I've done stuff that I feel ashamed of, you know, but, but I feel that, you know, nowadays I look at myself in the mirror and more and more I like, you know, what I see, you know, and it's through. <laughs> doing this stuff for other people that really my heart opens. But but it's not only for them, it's for them. And it's also for myself, you know, because it's, it provides me sort of a life where I kind of am getting to the point where I'm liking the person that I see in the mirror, you know, and I think that's important.
0: That's excellent, man. Well, I like who I see right here on the Skype. I appreciate Thanks, you, man. Fernando Thanks, Poma. Man. Well, I mean, as we round this out, I usually finish these things off with last words for the people. And that is for you, uh, Fernando Poma. You could uh, say something that that you heard a long time ago, uh, words to live by, maybe a mantra, or just whatever comes up in your head at this crazy time. Fernando Poma, last words for the people.
1: Well, just uh, it's never too late to do what you love, you know. And uh, there is an ability to do more than one thing at a time, and. Uh that's something that has changed my life you know i i i did this hotel thing and i'm very passionate about but i did this music thing which is my childhood dream and i'm doing it and i am really really excited and just urging people to really not wait you know don't wait till you're 70 to have a life full of regrets you know if you can do it and you have the ability to do it um try to do it as soon as possible because life goes by in an instant
0: Well, there you have it, party people. Fernando Poma of the Steady Rolling Band. Oh, my goodness. And so much more. Fondacion Poma. Uh, just look him up on Twitter, Fernando Poma. Uh, just as common as uh, spelling as you can. To spell it phonetically. Fernando P-O-M-A. Uh, look him up on Twitter and then click that link. You'll find that he's not only a rock star uh, following his childhood dreams, uh, but he's also a philanthropist helping other children achieve their dreams. What you just don't know. You don't know what what the story is. What story is behind some people. I mean, I know he's he's probably very low key. <laughs> you know, you probably wouldn't know it. Uh, but he is into helping other people and that's what we should all be doing. If you have the opportunity to help somebody, do it. Do it. You know, I try to help people. <laughs> if somebody asks me to do something, I do it. I try to, if I have the means, if I have the, the time, I will do it. In fact, I have something to do on Sunday. I'm helping someone on Sunday. Yay. I'm excited about that. People helping people. Fernando Poma, you are a Superman. I appreciate knowing you. And I appreciate knowing that there's people like you in this world. It gives, it gives you hope. It gives me hope. You know, that um, you're helping other people. You know, you have to help yourself, and then you try to help somebody else. That's what you should be doing. We can get along. We can. I mean, this man's been through it. El Salvador, and then El Salvador had a war. Oh, let's get out of here. (laughs) And then after the war is over, he goes back to help. That's fantastic. That's super. And, uh, hey, I encourage you, uh, if you're in El Salvador, Head to the intercontinental, uh, intercontinental, and you might catch uh, an event on the roof. Stay in their rooms, and, and maybe Fernando Pomo will help you <laughs> have a comfortable stay <laughs> while he rocks your face off <laughs> with his great songs. I'm so happy to know. Steady rolling. Look him up. All right. That's it for me. I'm, I'm just gushing. I'm gushing. I had a great time talking to Fernando Pomo. <laughs> if I now, I turn my attention to you. If you would like to t- tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call five zero one four seven zero six three eight six or email info at radio what dot com. That's it for me. It's Keys Dan radio what dot com dot com. Peace. I'm out of here. If you like what you hear, follow what makes you famous social media. Use the hashtag what makes you famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube at KeysDan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast to review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash KeysDan. Email info at radio what.com What Makes You Famous podcast is a production of KeysDan Enterprises Incorporated at keysdan.com. Thank you for listening. Be on Radio What's. Call 501-470-6386. Say your name, where you're from, and you're listening to what? The music you want is on RadioWhat.com. Radio What? The music you want. Hey guys, this is Shelly G with a fast fact. Melba Toast is named after Australian opera singer Dame Nellie Melba. Do you have a fast fact? Share it with us at Interactive Radio, RadioWhat dot com